You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 160, featuring special guest Doug Sandler, host of Ford Mustang, the first generation in the early years podcast. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, Dan shares insights on cars and car people with Duck Sandler, a fellow podcaster who appreciates classic rides like the first-generation pony car. As proud owner of a 1965 Mustang convertible and the host of Ford Mustang, the first generation, the early years podcast, Duck captures the stories of other earlier Mustang owners. It's time to head to Santa Barbara to hang out with podcastologist Doug Sandler. So, let's get revved up! Hello and welcome back, viewers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. As always, it is so good to have you back with us again for this episode's audio road trip. Remember, this is your podcast. Together, it's all about car community and car culture. We're going to go ahead and get right into this week's trivia question challenge. As we are honoring today's guest who owns a 65 Mustang ragtop, how many convertible Mustangs did Ford produce for the 1965 production year? That answer awaits at the end of this episode. It's time now to hang out with Doug Sandler, car guy and fellow podcaster. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren. And on the phone with me tonight is Doug Sandler. Doug is the podcast producer for multiple podcasts. In fact, he has the Nice Guys on Business Podcast. He has the Mustang Podcast. He does sales training for podcasters. He's even given me some great advice, uh, but he's he's in, the owner of Turnkey Podcast, and he is here tonight as podcastologist and <laughs> podcast producer to talk a little bit about uh, a relatively new podcast that he's doing. And uh, Doug, welcome. Hey, Darren. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. And, and thank you for like kind of putting up with me giving you any kind of advice. Like I'm supposed <laughs> to give anybody advice. It's like I always, my dad always used to tell me, um, only provide advice to those that are that are ready to receive it. And if you don't ask permission, <laughs> they are not ready to receive it. And I think I may have overstepped my boundaries just a little. No, <laughs> not at all. You've been, you've been highly generous and uh, working a full-time career and then trying to put in 25, 30, 35 hours uh, with lining up guests and doing all the things in my evenings and weekends, I'll take, uh, I take all the, the great advice and you've been very generous with that. My but pleasure. would love just to talk a little bit about uh, a very busy guy. In fact, uh, I know that uh, you're talking to us now from Southern California. Uh, Doug is in the, the Santa Barbara area. Uh, but the, the, the fact is, is that you are working on a, a podcast that the Blue Oval community appreciates. And the name of that is Ford Mustang, the first generation, the early years mm -hmm. podcast. Yep. Talk a little bit about uh, this new venture. I believe you're up to, um, you've got, uh, you've got the episodes rolling out and uh, great ratings and good following already. 
Yeah, I've been really, really enjoying the the podcast. So for me, it's just about uh, trying to create some great content that I think that I would like to hear. Someone that is uh, an enthusiast in the world of of, uh, of early generation Ford Mustangs, first generation specifically. And I, I, I've just so much enjoyed the podcasting environment. I thought, why not? Why not combine my passion for Mustangs with my passion for podcasting and develop this show? And that's exactly the reason why. I mean, I, I bought my car, uh, you know, just a few years ago. And the minute I bought the car, something ticked in my mind thinking, why the heck am I not bringing this over to my podcast world as well? So I'm combining right. the two things that I love the most and and have been enjoying doing this, uh, this really, you know, this, this project uh, from, from day one. Get to meet some really, as you do too, get to meet some really interesting mm-hmm. people with some great stories. Yeah, it's it's truly a large family and a, and a community for certain. Maybe you talk a little bit about uh, your, your 65 uh, ragtop. Sure. So I, I, uh, the, the way I came about it was very interesting. A few years ago, sitting down at my computer on New Year, I mean, on uh, Christmas Eve, I said to my okay. girlfriend, I, I want to shop for a Mustang. So she's always like, she's very supportive no matter what crazy idea that I have. <laughs> And literally, you know, it's not going to fit in your stocking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it will definitely not fit in the stocking. So, w- <laughs> once I spent maybe an hour searching online, I discovered so many groups on Facebook. It was, you know, Ford's uh, Ford's early generation. There's a fastback group. There's an i6 group. I mean, there's probably fifty Mustang classic Mustang groups specifically. Mm-hmm. And um, I put myself in a couple of those groups, and I just threw out the word, "Hey, I'm looking for a, a Mustang." And probably about an hour later, uh, Rick Payton, a guy that was one of the members in one of the groups, he has since passed, unfortunately, but a great, great guy. He said, hey, I'm a, I'm a guy that, that a contractor and I'm always in these people's homes. And I overheard somebody, one of my clients saying he's trying to get rid of his, his, uh, his early gen Mustang. It's a 65. It's a convertible. It's in San Francisco. So it's about eight hours north. I live in, in uh, at the time I was living in Los Angeles. And um, I just went up there and visited the car. And fell in love with the car literally in five minutes. You know, I, the plan was for me to be in San Francisco or at least closer to San Francisco an hour from there um, about uh, a, a New Year's Eve. So five days from from Christmas. And um, okay. I went and visited the car, fell in love with it. He met me at the car. Rick met me at the car. And, and <laughs> then he introduced me to the owner who he knew was selling the car. And the plan was I was going to come back in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll negotiate the deal. I'll give the guy a check and I'll drive away with the car that day. And I was amazed that everything happened exactly as Rick and Chris, the previous owner, had laid it out. Got a great price for the car. Um, got a really great, you know, just a great, great, ready to drive, daily driver, great condition, just all set and ready to go. It's so excited about mm. it. Yeah. And that you live in an ideal place to have a classic Mustang as your daily driver for oh, sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, um, the drive home while it was raining, it was January in California, which is the rainy month. As I said to you, we're, we're recording this right now. It's, uh, it's just about, it's a, uh, it's the beginning of May. We won't get rain here again until December, maybe January. Mm. I drove it home wow. from San Francisco and within about 10 minutes of driving the car, I almost wrecked the car because I forgot it doesn't have anti-lock brakes. I put my foot right. on the brake and it's just fishtailed out and it almost wrecked it into the uh, guy right next to me. Oh, I'm like, my oh gosh. my gosh, on the highway, not not good. But the rest of the trip, the rest of the eight hours was very careful and I made it home mm-hmm. and it sat in my garage now for the for the last three years. And I've only put 
maybe a thousand miles on it. I, I work from home, so I don't have to drive. Although it is my daily driver, my daily drive is nowhere. So uh, <laughs> I don't have to put many miles on the car just naturally anyway. Oh, that is cool. And it's 289. Yep. Yep. Two. Any other, uh, any other uh, features to it that you want to share? Uh, it's got a steering wheel. <laughs> no, it's a two, right. 289 AM radio heater, no AC, uh, really n- okay. not the pony interior. Uh, the, um, I, I think the engine has been re I, I know the engine has been rebuilt, but I think the previous owner, uh, rebuilt the engine and transmission. Uh, it's got a new exhaust system in it. The uh, convertible top has been replaced. The car has been painted. Um, the, uh, the tires were about 10 or 12 years old. So my first move when I got it home was to replace sure. the tires, have a, a, a reputable mechanic that works on these classic Mustangs. Check it out. He definitely did said it was in great, great shape. Had the brakes checked. I think the um, the previous owner also upgraded the uh, drum brakes to disc in the front. Um, oh, very good. But uh, it's safe. It's comfortable. Uh, well, as comfortable as the cars could be. It's got you know no features. AM radio and a heater are the only two features that it has in it. <laughs> and I think if I remember correctly, the car originally sold somewhere in the twenty seven to twenty nine hundred dollar range when it was purchased. Um, in the, I did a little bit of research on the dealership and the original owner. Um, I don't know quite know how many owners previously. We can talk about that if you choose to uh, to ask questions about it. But sure, yeah, I think I think I I, I was able to track down three of the owners. Uh, the original owner, I believe, is deceased. Uh, the second okay. owner, I believe, was also is also deceased. Um, third owner, I can't, I don't know if there was an owner between the third owner and the guy that I bought the car from. So I'm either the fourth or the fifth owner of the car, I believe. Wow. That's pr- how many miles were on the clock when you got it? I had uh, ninety six, almost ninety seven thousand miles on the car, uh, and it had. I, I believe I just went over ninety eight thousand. So I don't. I, like I said, I put very few miles on the car, in, and I've driven it a couple of times to San Diego, which is a couple hundred miles back and forth from uh, from Los Angeles before I moved. Now, will you uh, be very protective about the miles, especially as you get to six figures and once you get over 100,000, or will you continue just to enjoy the car and uh, not be as concerned about that? Not concerned at all. I mean, it's going to be cool to watch it turn over and I'll probably take a photo with my 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 phone camera just because to get the zero, zero. I had a 76 Trans Am that, that did the same thing, ticked over. I don't believe this car has tricked has tripped over a hundred thousand before. I found records on the car back to the early eighties, and they pretty okay. much match up with what I would had figured that uh, you know would give me about the original ninety some odd thousand miles that's on the car right now. But no, I'm not. I don't baby the car, but at the same time, I'm not a. I don't drive the car hard. I have a, like a Toyota uh, at my at my home in Baltimore. I have a Toyota that has 162,000 miles on it. It's 11 or 12 years old, and I, I just, I just don't, I just don't abuse cars. I treat them well. I maintain mm-hmm. them well, and they and they should last you a lifetime if you treat them well. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Have you in these last three years? Have you built any great memories? I, I mean. Sunset uh, drives with the top down on Pacific Coast Highway One, or anything that just uh, really stands out in your mind, above and beyond that eight-hour drive south from San Fran. <laughs> well, I can tell you one of the things that I love most about the car, and this may sound unusual, but I think it's probably typical of another Mustang owner or any Mustang owner, is I love the smell of the car. 
You know, yes. I love the smell of the of the um, of the air that that pulls through the vent. It's that it's that mm-hmm. engine smell that you can't get on these new plastic computer driven cars. It's, mm-hmm. it's the smell, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, every time I get in the car, it reminds me of my mom's Ford Fairlane station wagon going <laughs> way back to when I was a kid, and we would face the back, you know, <laughs> at the seat that faced the back. Oh yeah. With, I don't even know. I'm sure they don't even make those anymore. They're probably too dangerous. Uh, but my, uh, I, same exact. So I, I'm thinking the station wagon had to be somewhere in that 60, some, you know, 1965, 64, 67, I don't mm-hmm. know, somewhere in there, the speedometer mm-hmm. is the same one that I have on my car. So for me, that what the car represents is the memories that I had as a kid, uh, growing up. And it's funny. I just said the word by mom and my mom just, just texted me. Tell me the universe is not listing right now right oh, right for sure for sure it's in in tune yep yep well she wanted to be part of the podcast apparently so <laughs> i'll return it after we get done recording <laughs> well that's great in fact um i think just there is something about that it, the purest side of us that uh, enjoys those little those little elements and you feel absolutely connected to the mechanicals and you can hear the the transmission whine and the heat coming off the transmission tunnel through the, uh, the the thin tight loop carpeting. I mean, it's for someone that maybe hasn't driven a classic car, it may not make sense. But for those of us who have and own or have owned, uh, those are those are memories you can't you can't siphon away. Well, and I want to go back to like even a crazy time that I had as a sixteen or seventeen year old. So I was born in nineteen sixty four. So this had to be in nineteen eighty somewhere around there. I was driving a Good Humor truck, and the original Good Humor trucks, if I remember correctly, were old Ford trucks uh, with the with the Good mm-hmm. Humor you know original equipment built into it. I I still can see that that reg, that speedometer. And it, unless I'm just making this up, I haven't I haven't researched it. But the Ford Fairlane mm-hmm. and that Ford uh, uh, Good Humor truck, I'll look it up on Google as we're talking here. But I'm thinking that it was about the same year, mid '60s, for those trucks. Shared parts bin, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you have also you're up to I believe what 75, 76 episodes yep. on Ford Mustang, the first generation, yep. mid uh, mid. And you've talked to some right, and and you focus on that, of course, that, that first era. Um, what I'd like to with, uh, from one podcaster to another, what I appreciate is I like how, uh, you talk to, if I may, a whole variety of people, but mainly also the, just the everyday, the people that, um, may not otherwise have a voice and they may talk about, uh, how the, how Mustangs have been in their family or two or three generations of Mustang ownership or, uh, shade tree mechanics and, and, getting the, the car out from winterization or just that, mm-hmm. that first drive in the spring and how good it feels. Just the fact that um, really focused on the, the hobbyist and those that are part of the, the Mustang community. Yeah, I, um, I create a show and create content that I would want to listen to. So for me to mm-hmm. get on to uh, the microphone and interview somebody that is going to talk about the coyote engine and the, um, you know, I don't even know that names of brakes or mufflers or any of that stuff. So for mm-hmm. me to get on and, and, and chat about that, that's not really, that's not real world for me, but it, what mm-hmm. is real world for me are the stories behind the car. It's the car. Yeah. yeah. Like Gail and Tom Wise, I had a great opportunity to have a, a conversation with them and they were, they, they purchased the first or Gail 
who later married Tom, uh, Gail purchased the, uh, publicly the first, you know, the first Ford Mustang that was sold. And so while there may be people that might argue that and no, she didn't, or it was somebody else bought it, whatever. She was, if not the first, she was probably within the first 50. And that's kind of cool mm-hmm. to, to, to chat sure with that is. person and have that story. Um, and then you talk cool. to a guy like um, uh, 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 Tim, Tim Wise, not related to, uh, to, to Gail, but Tim has, a, um, has the Mustang E, which I believe was a 68 or 69. I don't remember the exact year, but it was a, it was a, a car that um, when Ford decided that they were going to make the Mustang an economical uh, car and make it fuel efficient, they created this mm-hmm. Two, I think it's a 250 engine that they put in. Again, I, I don't know the, 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 the specs on these cars. Um, but just to hear his story about him feeling like he was buying something that was uh, kind of like something he didn't want. He wanted, a, a, he wanted an eight-cylinder. You know, and so he talks about this car, and then he realizes that he's got like this one-of-a-kind. There was a hundred of them made. And and according to uh, Kevin Marty, and everybody knows the Marty report. According to Kevin Marty, that that drives a Mustang. Uh, according to Kevin Marty, th- this could possibly be the last one in existence. So when something. you start to hear that story, and you start to go down to to talk to people that are that own true survivors, cars that have been really brought from from uh, from 1960 something to current day without doing any major restorations. And then you start to hear the story of uh, of uh, Sean Kiernan and the and Bullet and the three point seven million or whatever it brought in at the at the auction, and you start to talk yeah. to these people. Their stories are just as as, as significant as the cars themselves. Uh, cars don't they have really memories, are. but people do. So I love mm-hmm. to share their stories on the show, and and that is a a great way for me to to stay interested and to stay engaged in the, in, in the hobby, the hobby of, of, of my car. Sure thing. Well, and you were able to connect back to those memories. Just you were talking about the Fairlane wagon and and your mom. And we all have those memories of uh, cars of our grandparents or going somewhere with uh, a first girlfriend or uh, when you first were out as a 16, 17 year old with other friends in their cars you're right. There's, there's something that just conjures those, those memories and images and, and you, it takes you back to a, a bit of uh, reminiscence in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and just to let you know, I, I, I did look it up. It was a 1965 Ford 250 F250. That was the, that was the good humor truck okay. that I, uh, that I drove. Uh, it was retro even in the eighties when I early eighties as I sure. was driving it, but a great truck. And you, know, you used to get out and open up the little refrigerator in the side and reach in there. And the kids were so <laughs> excited to get their ice cream and yeah, right. good stories. Well, do you find as far as you're like I, as far really being connected to the the individuals and the stories and, and the people behind the cars, that unfortunately we are we're losing a lot of that knowledge, that firsthand knowledge uh, with some of the, the older generation. And I think if nothing else, podcasting gives us a way to to really curate and archive some of those stories that you're referring to and that mean so much to all of us. Otherwise, uh, they may go unsaid or, or unrecorded or, and lost. It's interesting. I, while that is a byproduct of what I'm doing, it wasn't the intention, but it's as I, as I talk to people 
and talk to more people about it. I think you had a couple of the guests that I've had on my show as well, like Dan Neve from uh, Mustangs on mm-hmm. a Mission. And, uh, you know, as I talk to the journalists and the guys that are involved in these stories, you hear the same thing. It's like, thank you for, you know, for continuing to share the stories of these Mustang owners, the survivor car owners, the, the uh, you know, the iconic people like John Clure. Uh, you know, there's people that are not going to be here in in five and ten and twenty years. I hope they all last and mm-hmm. live for a hundred yeah, for 150 more years. But that mm-hmm. really wasn't the intention of the show. But as I'm discovering, you're right. The stories are 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 slowly but surely getting lost. When you think about the average owner of a 1964 and a half to 1966 or seven Mustang chances are good that there's not the 25 or 30 year old because there's no bells and whistles and great features in these cars. There's no safety features in them for the most part. Mm -hmm. We're talking to people that grew up in that era. And so those people, I mean, I'm a, I'm a youngster at 56. I'm a youngster in the, in the environment. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I have to, with my podcast, I have to spoon feed them my podcast because many of, many of the folks that listen to the show have never even listened to podcasts before. So I'm bringing it to them on Facebook. Now, why Facebook? Because mm-hmm. that's where they're talking to their grandkids. You know, so you tell them just right, download sure. the, the, I, the, uh, the, the app, the podcast app. They're like, well, how do you do that? You know, or somebody might say, how much is it cost? How much does it cost to get your podcast? And they don't understand it's free. So it, it's really sure, interesting. Right. And many people don't, know how to to do that. So yeah, I think the byproduct of what I'm doing is I'm continuing the the propagating the story over and over and over again, which is the byproduct. And I, I love doing it because now the stories will live on forever. No, that's that's very key. In fact, I I know that um there's something that's really special about this hobby, about this industry, where it's such a tight knit family and the fact that Two automotive podcasters can have each other on each other's show. That there's plenty of of listenership and uh, energy and excitement to go around. And, and I think that there's something very great about the automotive hobby and industry. That uh, you see it through the the Ford family and the and the Mustang aficionados. I see it with all all makes and models and OEMs and everyone I talk to, from classics and and even pre war up to. Mm-hmm. Um, current you know, exotics and, and uh, supercars, but the community is very tight-knit. They're very passionate, and I do believe that the machinery itself is what brings us together. It's, I was at a, a local uh, Porsche swap meet the other weekend, and just to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Porsches driven from all over the mid-Atlantic and, and even partway out to the Midwest had come in, uh, just it's so fascinating to see how people are so ready to come back together, come together in a large gathering and commune and, and uh, have fellowship just to hang out and catch up and, and meet new friends along the way. Yeah, I think it really is about the community. That's why I think the people are so important. The stories behind the cars. Yeah, you can talk all day about a, you know, a coyote swap for the 289 or somebody taking out their, their I6 uh, and, mm-hmm. and swapping it out for uh, a coyote. But at the same time, while all of that is good, and there are plenty of people that are interested in that, those just aren't the people that I'm reaching though. And I'm not trying to reach them because I, I wouldn't be able sure. to do that you know, properly. So for me, the stories behind you know, first generation owners 
you know, talking about, I, I had a conversation with uh, Mustang Marie, who is, you know, an icon in the world of, of uh, you know, of classic Mustang. She owns a, a one herself. Uh, Jimmy Dinsmore, Jim Chattis, Mike Gray, John Clore. I'm just thinking about the folks that I've had a chance to talk to. Their stories are fabulous and the people that they know even better, but it's all about the story and not about the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I completely agree. And uh, we're very fortunate to have that human interest side of things and and give a, a you know the platform to those that maybe wouldn't otherwise be heard. Uh, that's it's just a nice byproduct as well. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think that we've we've met, if not in person, virtually some incredible people that the podcasts themselves have opened doors that would we can't even imagine ever having that kind of exposure to. Oh yeah, I completely agree. You know, I had a, a moment to to talk to uh, Jimmy Dinsmore, and Jimmy wrote a book um, about uh, about Gail Halderman, and you know, just to hear the story of the original designer of the Mustang. It's incredible, you know, and, and sure. it, it gave me my fangirl moment. You know, it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. I have, I have in my, in my presence, someone that actually it, it has been able to interview a part of history. And when you think yes. about guys like John Clore, same thing. I mean, he is just an icon in the world of the classic Mustang. And um, it's just wonderful. It really is just wonderful to hear their story and to share with them. Mm-hmm. No, I, I fully, uh, it fully resonates with me. Well, the, uh, the 65 convertible of yours, will this be a car you'll have for 10, 15, 20 years from now? Yeah. One of the promises that I made to the guy that I bought it from, and, and this is, this is just where I sit in, in, in this car is, um, I never intended to purchase it, to turn it around, fix it up a little and sell it and flip it for a profit. That was not ever my intention. It doesn't, I don't mm. think that means that I won't ever sell it, but I would only sell it for another classic Mustang that I really like. So gotcha, I, yeah. I, um, I, I don't have any intention of selling it. And if I had more garage space, I probably would put a fastback and a coupe in there as well. Uh, because uh, <laughs> tell you, to have the trifecta would probably be a, a big win. I would feel I, I would really be doing some, some justice if I was able to have all three. Well, I can, I can understand that. And that's, I think we all have to have a little bit of that dreaming of if I could maybe build on a three car garage on the back of the property, what else would I put in there? I think we all have to think that way. Well, and otherwise, yeah, it's stale. I agree. Well, in the back of my property, there is a, uh, there's a gate. We, the, the home that we just purchased is on a half acre. And in the, the oh, back great. of the property, as you open up the back gate, it's a perfect spot for a parking pad and a three car shop. <laughs> so there you are. it would, it would be great. How I would ever get that past my girlfriend, I don't don't think that that would fly before doing all of the other stuff that we need to do in the house. But at some point, maybe, maybe I'll get there. Hey, you got to put it on the five-year plan and see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's true. Well, I have to say, Doug, I really appreciate just uh, the guidance, the, the suggestions, and I do value the, uh, the input you've shared with me from a podcast producing standpoint. Um, it's great to have uh, yet another friend in the hobby and the industry and 
And now you're coming into uh, Ford Nationals. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Yeah, this is my you first said, time to to get to Carlisle now. Now, not not Carlisle the town, but Carlisle the the event because I've been to Carlisle right. many times fishing yellow breeches. <laughs> yes, right. So I'm, yeah, you were saying about how you, you know those uh, fly fishing waters very well, and they and that brings a draw from all the way up to Maine, and I, it's amazing to me the license plates you'll see out in Boiling Springs and around where. Uh, anglers are coming in from all over for to hit those waters. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be my first chance to get to the, uh, to the grounds to actually get to a show. But I understand that you guys uh, out in uh, Carlisle, you put on a show like, like none other. So I sent an email. You're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. I, I'm sure I will not be disappointed. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward <laughs> to, to talking to Mike. I, you know, I had a conversation with Mike Garland. Mike was actually on, um, I produced the JP Emerson show for him with my production yeah. company. I, I listened to his episode and and I've actually had some uh, email exchanges with Mike. So uh, I'm, I am looking forward to re reconnecting with him, maybe getting some press passes and, and getting some behind the scenes, look at some of the stuff going on at the, uh, at the event. Indeed. Well, we'll have to uh, meet. Uh, definitely like to, to meet face to face whenever you get to Carlisle, yeah. you are going to enjoy the show. Um, just bring comfortable walking shoes because you will walk miles and miles for sure. I hear it. And I know that I'm going to have to park my Toyota pretty far away from the from the fairgrounds because I'm sure that they probably are not there. Hey, what are you coming to a Ford show in a Toyota for? <laughs> That's all right. Hey, I, I do my part. I spread the love and I spread the community through <laughs> my right. podcast. I'm allowed to, to, to break some rules every once in a while. <laughs> you can bend. You can bend. Yep. Well, I like to give my guests the final turn behind the wheel. So, Doug, if you want to put a shout out to uh, how people can find you, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, where they can listen to Ford Mustang, the first generation, the early years podcast, you have the wheel. Go ahead. Excellent. Well, thanks for giving me the wheel, and I'll try to keep my foot on the uh, on the gas for just a, <laughs> just a few seconds. So, uh, it'd be great if you go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. You can just type in Ford Mustang. It is the only podcast dedicated exclusively to Ford uh, first generation of Mustangs. I don't think there's another exclusive Mustang show. So, just type in Ford Mustang, and it will uh, it will come up. It's a picture of my jewel right there on the cover of uh, a blue uh, uh, convertible '65. Um, you can go to my website, which is themustangpodcast.com. We'll make it pretty easy for you. So themustangpodcast.com. And uh, certainly hit me up on uh, Instagram. We have a whole bunch of great uh, photos on our Instagram page. It's at Mustang Podcast. So I try to make it easy. If you just go to the Google and you type in Mustang Podcast, you can probably have access to all of those things. If you forget all, just uh, just check it out. Hope to have another listener to the show. And and uh, thank you, Darren, for for having me here and and for sharing the uh, the brand and and my uh, my message with your community. Oh, my pleasure, and and looking forward to uh, hanging out with you and when, when you get into uh, Ford Nationals. So we'll we'll talk here in the first part of June. Well, I, as I tell everybody on my show, keep it safe, keep it rolling, and keep it on the road <laughs> until next time. <laughs> That's right, all of the above. Thank you so much, Doug. Have a great rest of your evening. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Doug for being part of this Cars of Carlisle episode. It is really great to know him, and I appreciate all of the incredibly helpful industry advice he has shared with me, and uh, certainly look forward to all the great things and content he'll continue to put out. All right, my friends, it is time to pull off at the next rest stop and cover this week's trivia challenge answer. 
But first, give us 60 seconds for this important message from our friends at Porsche Mechanicsburg. We'll be right back. We would like to proudly mention our official OEM sponsor, Porsche Mechanicsburg. In the market for a Macan, Cayenne, 718, or 911, Porsche Mechanicsburg will match you with the perfect vehicle from their extensive inventory of pre-owned and new models. When it comes to service on these magnificent machines, their record of quality workmanship is unmatched with a staff of mechanics whose prowess in all facets of Porsche engineering is world-class. These are all time-tested trademarks that have been part of the Faulkner Auto Group since 1932. 2021 will witness an expansion of their sales and service excellence with the now-completed new state-of-the-art Porsche Center. Located at 6625 Carlisle Pike, Porsche Mechanicsburg is the destination when ready to make that dream a reality, parked in your driveway. Okay, we are back. As you recall earlier in the episode, I had asked, how many convertible Mustangs did Ford produce in the 1965 production year? So the answer is, Ford made over 73,000. In fact, from what research I could find, 73,112 convertible Mustangs in the 1965 production year. And interestingly, as you would expect, uh, with the coupes being uh, much more prolific than the fastback or the convertible, it was essentially a five to one ratio of standard coupes to the convertible fastback iteration. Cubers, we are at the end of this episode's journey. Thank you so very much for continuing to follow, support, share, subscribe, and put the word out on Cars of Carlisle. We really do everything we can to make this a fun experience for you. Because together it is all about car community, car culture. I'll sign off with drive well, be well, take care. <laughs>